This week, we discuss whether or not algorithms are ruining advertising. You're listening to The A-Game. Welcome back, lovely listeners. This is Jim Ganser. It's A-Game time. Joining me this week, Jeff Culleton. Konnichiwa, friends. <laughs> Laughing in the background is Hope Ho. Hated that. Hated it. <laughs> Trying and, to make your laugh doesn't always and work. And finally, to my right, for the first time, young Morgan Rooks. Wait, what? You're to your right. From you. Oh, okay. It was a we, misnomer. It's, the yeah, way it's he a different setup. Yeah. For we the ha- first time, Morgan Rooks is sitting directly across from me. Yes. Now I can actually look Jeffrey Colleton directly in the eye. Hope Ho usually sits to my left, so this is not anything Nothing really changed. new for us. And I typically sit to Morgan's right. Mm-hmm. So. so we're all we're all in a new space. Mm-hmm. Well, it's the same space, new configuration. New configured. Feels good. Same table, but now we can use all sides. Mm-hmm. Mm. Really like a, explore the space. It's like a round table, but it's not. But it's rectangular. This is a very descriptive uh, edition of the A-Game, <laughs> where we're giving you the, the blow-by-blow on the table that we sit around every week. Um, but this week, uh, we thought we would jump into a topic that's a little bit more universal. But I did want to share some information that came out in one of the latest eMarketer reports, which I thought we can kind of kick off with a little warm-up. Um, every, every year, eMarketer comes out with a time spent with media report. Mm-hmm. I know this one. So Hope already knows it. Hope knows it because she's in the know. She, she's down with the kids on the street, um, the street beat. And we've gotten to a point where uh, media consumption has kind of hit the um, saturation point. So right about the time when the smartphone came out, we saw an explosion in terms of time spent with media. It's actually skyrocketed up to about 12 hours and nine minutes on average a day. Oh, my God. The average person spends with media. Holy cow. Um, And a lot of that has to do with the fact that it's not just that we're spending more, like, linear time. It's that there's a lot of um, multitasking going on. So you're starting to see a little bit more growth with regard to digital. You're starting to see a little bit less with regard to television. Are are you guys – it's just weird for us. We've never sat across from each other. I'm very interested in the marketer statistics. No, 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 no. She's being I a rabble over rouser. And Jeffrey was yawning like a newborn kitten, like Aww. full mouth, jaw open, head back. Like I was expecting some like claws. It has nothing to do with the content. It has more to do with, um, I think, a coffee drop off. Hopes with me. Hopes with me. Uh, but I thought we would we would talk a little bit about um, this this kind of share shift, and it, it's nothing new with digital. People are spending more time with mobile. I just want to hit you guys with a couple of stats, and then pose the question. I mean, when we talk about the growth in time spent, it's all coming in through digital, and traditional channels are dropping. Yeah, people always talk about TV dropping, but we've got like specific channels like print that the average time spent in a day is about like nine minutes. How, how, how is OTT parsed, parsed out in terms of TV? Is it, is it considered digital or is it considered traditional in this? In it, this is, kind? it is considered digital. Okay. And it pulls into a category of connected devices. Okay. That's interesting. So where you see the biggest growth is in mobile, and that's really driven by audio. So we've got hmm. smart speakers. And we've got podcasts. Those are like the two big drivers 
of time spent with mobile. They're not the only time spent increase. And then you got more time being spent with connected devices. So it's, it's kind of funny because audio and smart speakers, they're kind of, you know, how do you differentiate on that side of it? But TV's going down. People still spend a ton of time with television, though. Um, but this whole idea on print, it, the, the article is a little bit interesting because it seems like print, like everybody always laughs about print, like, oh, God, relic of the past. Is, is print really that ineffective a medium from an advertising standpoint? It's the trackability. It's in its place as an awareness mechanism. It's still completely viable. We've just gotten, in my opinion, we've gotten so addicted to things that are trackable that it becomes less validated because it's not track. I mean, the, the, the metrics are so flimsy on subscribers and number of people who see it that it's just marketers have become much more in tune to things that are, um, that are trackable. And I think we believe less now if we can't, no matter how good the metric is, if we can't see some sort of real or close to real-time metric. That's a gut feeling, but I think it's pretty close. Yes. Yeah. So hope, hope seemed to think that print is not yeah. an effective medium. Why, why do you feel that way, Hope? Because how many of you get newspapers or magazines and how many of those magazines do you actually read? So this is a great example. I love magazines. I do as well. And I get, I don't know, I probably still get quite a few. I'm thinking of like furniture magazines. Mm-hmm. If you get like an Our House catalog mm-hmm. or restoration hardware, like that thing might stay in my house for a bit. Yeah. Because it's like, I mean, it's a it's a hefty thing. And frankly, as I, you know, try and in the image and likeness of James Ganser, use my phone less at home one of the things that I think is really nice is actually picking up a magazine. Now, to your point on newspaper, I haven't touched a newspaper in – i it's probably been years other than to pick it up off my front – you know, the one that I didn't subscribe to, somewhere. pick it up <laughs> off my front, my front walkway. I'm being looked at for my opinion. I think uh, what's your industry and what's your goal? Those are important things to consider when looking at print. I'm also – I'm including direct mail in print as well. Um, I think there are use cases for print still. I look at the world of couponing. I mean, that is still – I mean, couponing still exists. There's people yeah. who, you know, are still in love with the idea of, like, super couponing. Like, that was the trend for a while. So I think there's still some validity there. If you are a grocery store, if you are, um, you know, a CPG product that's in a grocery store or, you know, I get Alta's emails, but when I get Alta's catalog – Mm-hmm. that's what really gets my attention. And I flip through it and I pull the coupon off the back and I throw it away and then I go to Alta. But when the email comes, I usually just hit delete. You know what one I think is interesting is new homeowners in older areas getting home equity loan and home equity line of credit physical print pieces for uh, as a new mover program as they move into houses. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, I just... The effectiveness of an awareness programmatic ad to me is can be a little wishy-washy. The effectiveness of a print piece on maybe a home equity line of credit from my financial institution I already bank with or something local, there's, I think there's certainly validity to that. But it goes back to the other mechanism of how good you're tracking. Like are you able to say, hey, we, we peppered this person with four pieces over the course of a, a six-week period. And eight weeks after that, 
they came into a location and met with a relationship manager. Is that a metric that we can say this thing has been effective? The fractional attribution of these things is, is just really, is, is really hard unless, I mean, you have to be really thoughtful about it. But I, there's still pieces of it that I think are, are so effective to me. The magazine thing, it's so interesting you brought that up because I like magazines. I like getting West Elm or whatever furniture magazines. I love that stuff. If you think about it, Vogue's largest issue of the year also yeah. has the most advertisements. Yes, for sure. And it's the one that's the high, has the highest purchase and subscription mm-hmm. rate. Like so. What's their What's the the biggest edition of the year for them? The September issue. What? Do, what uh, why is that? It just is. <laughs> because it just, yeah, <laughs> because, the September. Because historically, no, yeah. we love the month. Uh, something like that. Okay, yeah, yeah that's good. <laughs> but in that's like good. the fashion world, the Vogue September issue is a big deal because oh. it's like um, a pivotal point where a lot of seasons are changing, and it's when a lot of like fashion houses drop their new stuff. Okay, well that's a reason. Okay, now I get it. Versus, cause yeah, <laughs> no, that's fair. And I mean, I totally agree with you guys. I think that there's definitely a time and place for print. Um, I absolutely agree that the tangible aspect of print is a lot more hard-hitting than programmatic in some ways, but I think it comes down to the ad itself because I've seen tons of horrible ads in print or like even mailers, some of them are absolutely terrible. (laughs) And most of them are just a nuisance. Whereas there's also been a ton of digital ads that are horrible, but at the same time, there have been some that always stick in the back of my mind that are very hard hitting. So cost I think effectiveness. It's just Your programmatic so much more is gonna <laughs> it's gonna win yeah. every time. Your and ability reusable. to test A B test. Not killing trees. The tree yeah. Definitely not I, killing trees. Yeah. Jim, what do you keep? What kind of mailers do you keep in your house? What do you get? What do you like? Oh, I don't really touch mail. You don't touch mail? No. Is this like <laughs> my wife doesn't touch change? beneath him. Jim, I thought you really like to get your hands dirty. I do like to get my hands dirty, but um, in the I get, earth, I get them. I get them dirty in the soil. Yeah, in, in the earth as I grow. As I grow, yeah. No, um, I don't really pay much attention to mail, aside from like the the bills that I need to pay. Yeah. Or <laughs> occasionally, I'll get like the magazine from my college. And I'll okay. Through it, and then you go through to see if somebody had a baby or got married or made a donation. Hmm. Yeah, they, they're always asking for money. Um, is that the Harvard of the Midwest? <laughs> no, that's Green. John Carroll University. Is the oh, Harvard I think of the Joel would disagree. Yeah, well, well, I disagree with Joel on pretty much everything. So. Here's here's a few points, and and I make I poke fun from an advertising standpoint about print, but here's some interesting things to consider consider about print, and I feel like there's a, you got to be able to. Um, distance, effective versus reach. Those are two different concepts. Now, if your goal is reach, yeah, maybe it's not the best fit, but it mm-hmm. also takes into account your audience. Morgan kind of touched on it a little bit. But I think we'd all agree when we took, take a look at the average print reader, they tend to be more upscale. It's a more upscale audience that's reading physical print in terms of demographics. That's a fact. When you take a look at print, there's less distraction. When was the last time that you read something in print while you were also interacting with your phone or other media? I'm going to punt a hope on that one. I bet she does it daily. Yesterday. <laughs> Yesterday. Last time I read something in print and then was and then also had simultaneously your phone in your hand. When you're okay. dual screening with, <laughs> exactly. with a magazine. She's um, not talking about like streaming audio. Okay, so actually, yes, 
recently i read bon appetit's magazine highly recommend yeah, I, um, so do i, I got and the new I look things with up the scallops constantly. on it it's very yeah. Nice. yeah yeah incredibly ineffective bon appetit well but so like terribly ineffective at reaching hope yeah a millennial me. yep that's fair yeah I made. A, oh no 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 no! Sorry sorry no. So I I like look things up from the articles in Bon Appetit while I'm like reading, so I can learn more. Yeah, because when you push the on the pages, time. nothing happens. Not, so you, well, you continue reading. Your eyes continue reading the page while you search on your phone. It depends. <laughs> it depends. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Oh my goodness. Um, Her level of multitasking is so far above ours. Well. Before we, we break into the, the digital side of the discussion, I'll share um, a stat with you that, that I thought was pretty interesting. When you take a look at the amount of media spend in advertising per hour, um, newspaper, magazines, print in general is by far the highest, much higher than television, more than two times television. So wait, say that again. So, so the cost spent per yeah. hour... The great, with, okay. the great equalizer is advertising dollars. This is a marketing podcast. We talk about advertising, marketing, oh, technology good trends. To know. Some of you out there um, might know that. So when you take a look at the amount of money spent per hour spent with a media channel, sure. newspaper and magazine are off the charts compared to everything else. Much higher share per hour spent. Off the charts as in effective or? No, off the charts expensive. in terms of expensive. There's oh, more oh, money oh. going towards those mediums per hour. I mean, that makes sense. Yeah. So that might surprise some people, not hope. Right. Who is, is simultane- simultaneously um, reading and searching. And <laughs> she's also patting her head and rubbing her tummy at the same chewing time. Chewing gum. And chewing gum and walking. So if, you're, if, if you were going to if you're going to do a communication strategy for somebody. Yes. Is that does that is that factoring into your head? You're like, hey, you know, we I'm taking a new market. People don't necessarily know me. I'm going to try and raise my awareness in that capacity. That you know, that typically means your your broader reaches, your billboard, TV, radio, things of that nature. Does that factor into your spending of somebody's budget? Uh, the fact that those are the most expensive of mediums kind of the least trackable. How do you reconcile that against programmatic, which is extremely efficient and targeted? What are we solving for? Oof, that's a, so I'm, I'm coming into a new market. I want to get attention. I want, to, I want people to understand that I exist. Then definitely not print. <laughs> that's awareness, right? Yeah. So you want to introduce somebody to a new product. So print is not a good reach medium. It's not a good reach medium. It's very targeted. But it's very limited. It's static. It's not dynamic. There's only so much you can communicate with it. It's just it is. It's not as bad as everybody makes it sound. Mm-hmm. Uh, it can be very effective. I just thought it was an interesting conversation piece. So you're 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 going into a new market. Yes. You're breaking into Tulsa, Oklahoma, with a brand new product. What are you using? What are you recommending right off the jump? I've got 250 grand to spend. What am I What am I doing? What are my tactics? What is your product? Who is your audience? Um, I am a new financial institution that's targeted at you know, people with an income of seventy-five dollars to $150,000 that traditionally live in urban settings. 
Is this a mature market or is this an emerging market? This is a mature market for the type of product. I am new to the market as a company and as a product. So given the fact that this is a mature market, chances are that the response is going to be swift from those that are entrenched in that market selling those products and services. Competitors. Competitors, mm -hmm. yes. So that puts me in a position where the money that I'm pumping in could potentially be used against me. Ooh. So I might take a little bit more Sun of Tzu. a build from the inside out approach. I would probably go more building a loyal base and building out from there. Um, rely on a little bit more recommendation and what makes me different from the competition. I don't necessarily know that throwing the 250, you might be better off putting some of that money in your pocket mm. using that. You know, that's a recommendation I can get behind. We should um, have like a Patreon or a donation thing because that was just free business advice. That's what so I was thinking. I'm like, can, who can we bill, Jeffrey? So I'll come up with a job, job number, number, but I'm going to start peppering you with these <laughs> moving forward. We're going to do on-the-fly media recommendations. <laughs> I've got X budget. The here's new, the market. The here's the scenario. The we normally charge for that. That's yeah. okay. This is, you know what they call it. This is a teaser. No, that was the whole recommendation. That wasn't the whole recommendation. We don't know anybody in Tulsa. Oh, man. <laughs> well, that was that was oh, an amazing no. warm-up. That was an amazing warm-up. I did want to pose the question this week. There was an article. It was actually an opinion piece by Charlie Warzel in uh, New York Times, one of Hope Ho's favorite publications. Next the, to Bon Appetit. A daily read. Sometimes she reads it while she's doing five other things simultaneously. Effectively, though. Effectively, very effectively. Um, but the, the title of the article was The Reason You Hate Online Ads, and usually a provocative title like that pulls in people like us because we, we make our money off of online ads. <laughs> Thirsty but, sheep. Yeah, because it's, you know, it's, it's like a Pavlov's dog syn uh, syndrome over here. But essentially what they were boiling down to is the fact that algorithms – um, and artificial intelligence have done a really good job of helping marketers spend money effectively, but it might be short-term gains that are realized, but in the long term, it could impact marketing as a whole. So essentially, algorithms are destroying the foundation of advertising marketing. I don't know if, if number one, Everybody agrees that that was my takeaway from the article, and, and I did pass it around. But really what it came down to for me is you got these algorithms. They're invading privacy. They're sucking out data. They still aren't effectively telling marketers what they need to know about their audiences. And it's becoming easier and easier to just produce mass amounts of, of ads to hit people with. Um, and, and it's not working. It's taking some of the personalized approach, obviously, um, this is kind of a, an ironic statement, but taking the personalized approach away from advertising and marketing. That's what I took out. It's a, I took the dehumanizing, making feel more robotic. I'm not sure I agree. Um, I, since you passed it around, I struggle with it a little bit because... I feel the same way, yeah. I, I, I don't think people look at it that way. I think we raise our hands enough with personalized data, that the the brands and the marketers that get it, people you know people stop it like, hey, I want 
I looked at Allbirds' website, and do I want Allbirds? Well, they keep peppering me with ads. I don't, I don't think about the algorithm. I think about the, I wish they would come out with a new color kind of thing. So I don't, no, I don't, I, I don't necessarily agree. You could probably put an instance out there that I would um, think, but I, I don't think it feels more robotic, personally. So my understanding of the article was that um, it was that algorithms don't fully understand the complexity of the human decision. Which humans don't understand the right. complexity of the human decision. Right. I mean, that's a very psychological thing yeah. that you know researchers and marketers have studied for a very long time. The the psychological you know thought patterns and behavior patterns of a consumer, and to me, the article was bashing the algorithm because uh, it does learn, but there are so many human factors that it can't take into consideration. And my response to that is, if you are an agency that is relying solely on algorithms, quit. Go out, just you're hard not doing, quit. Yeah, hard you're stop. not doing a very good job Whew. because while we do rely on algorithms to aid us, we are still monitoring our campaigns. We are still learning beyond that based on site-level data, based on purchase behavior. Mm -hmm. And you can't just set it and forget it and run. Like that's, that's, you're not a very good agency. You're not a very good buyer if that's Bad what you're agency. doing. Bad Boom. agency. I agree Morgan, with Morgan. I, you were right. Excellent. Before. Here's, here's, a, here's a quote from the article that I had a response to, like a, a visceral response to yeah. it. I thought I'll share it with the rest of you. Algorithms cobble together ads based on optimization instead of creative teams dreaming them up based on human insight. That That's a pretty, uh, <laughs> come on now. Clickbait. We're getting, we got clickbaited. I mean, yeah, we I got mean, clickbaited. I mean, come on. How like, many times have creative teams completely missed the mark? Nothing against creative teams, right. but it's like this, like, this is like hearkening back to the days in which advertising was really entertainment and it meant something. I don't think it's ever meant things for people. I'm I'm sorry. I like in terms of like cultural relevance, it's like that's what I advertising is most effective when you hit somebody at the right moment in the right context with the right message. It's not like building this overarching brand affinity. Um, and conjuring up images of, of greatness. It's just, I just don't believe it. Well, it's to your point, though. Good brands build that affinity through who they actually are and what they do. Yeah. I mean, your ad doesn't do that. It may reinforce or detract. Yeah, really tear it down. Brands have equity because they, they walk the walk and they talk the talk. If, if they're the genuine article, you could see it coming from a mile away. And if they're not, they're not. And sometimes that corresponds with ad campaigns that reinforce some of the things that we know to be true about brands. But this idea that all of a sudden algorithms are ruining advertising. Algorithms and data has made it easier for people to create ads. People that have no business making ads can make ads. And there are so many ads. Morgan's just slow there nodding. Are so many ads out there. It has nothing to do with algorithms. This is the, there's been a paradigm shift. And I think like hearkening back to the days, that's the way we used to do it and it was great. We live in an on-demand society. 
We get to watch and listen to and do whatever we want on our schedule. And when something gets in the way of that, we have this visceral response that says, I don't like that. And it just so happens that ads fill that space at a lot of times. It has nothing to do with the creative process. It has nothing to do with algorithms. It has everything to do with the fact that we get whatever we want. We're the most spoiled brat consumers in the world. <laughs> so that was my two cents. I can't tell if Morgan's got more to say or Hope has more to oh, say. Uh, Hope's been trying to interject, so I'm going to let her go. <laughs> well, um, I just wanted to say that, well, exactly echoing your sentiments, and also that I feel like the ad campaigns that have had more human interaction that I've seen recently that were just really, really horrible and really missed the mark were like Gillette, Pepsi, where obviously a lot of thought and human interaction went into building those ad campaigns that went horribly wrong. I feel like those stayed with me and really made me feel viscerally bad more than anything else, anything else that I've seen digitally, optimized by algorithms, whatever. I don't know. And you have to feed the algorithm something. It just doesn't make ads out of thin air. Like gremlins. Gremlins? Yeah. Mm. You don't feed them after midnight. No I don't water. know. I mean, there's some. There's still some great creative talent. Like, and like Jim said, we're not bagging on creatives, but it, it's it's a mixture of algorithm and human interaction on the agency side. It's not. It's not just letting the like the algorithms are are making us smarter. And you know what's you know what probably the real deal is the woman they interviewed used to work at Hallmark and she's probably jealous because the algorithms make a better card than she did. <laughs> Ooh, you burn! Because now you can put in keywords and they'll make ads that somebody spent four hours. Because people send writing. memes instead of cards now, and that's how it is. <laughs> Lisa McPherson, truth be told, you're out of business. Mic drop. Mic drop. You just got replaced by an algorithm. How you feel about that? That's and, not good. And she's upset. And That's that not makes good. perfect sense. It's not good, but I mean you can't you can't hate on advertising because people don't have a tolerance for it anymore. They don't have a tolerance for it anymore because it's everywhere. It's in your face. This is one of those this is one of those I hate progress articles. Yeah. Like, oh, the family is devolving because of mobile phones. We do, we we don't pay any attention to it. It's not the phone's fault. It's no. your fault. Yeah. It's your fault. Sorry that society Stop has evolved. Stop getting so mad at progress. Yeah. yeah. Use it I for hate a little progress. Use it. <laughs> and would it be great if there was – I think we talked about this in a, a, an episode before. Like, would, It would be great if there was a little bit more um, ability for a consumer to interact. So I think one example that often comes up is – um, someone who's had a miscarriage getting pregnancy ads. Oh, yeah. Like if yeah. there was a way to to turn that off, like if you're getting ads that – and I think Facebook and Instagram do this. You can click, I'm, this is no longer relevant to me. Um, then I think that would help us learn because there's going to be times when you get an ad that you're not interested in or an ad that is completely inappropriate or, you know, an ad in a moment. I think I in that episode I had this example. It was right after my mother-in-law passed, and I got the same Macy's ad on every single – episode of Chopped on Hulu that I was watching and it was about a daughter who was missing her mother at Christmas and it like killed me. Oh. And but there was no way to turn it off. Like it would be great if that level of interaction exists, but it See doesn't. You later, chopped. So. Yeah. Actually, no, I still watch Chopped. But <laughs> <laughs> I just cried while I watched Chopped. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the Hallmark channel had had Chopped on and you just can't you can't or Lifetime I just would I, I would actually because I couldn't skip it I would turn the volume down and I would close the monitor and I would watch my phone for like sixty seconds and then I would put it back up. Oh. That's what I did. Oh, that's 
You know, I don't, I don't even know if that is even one of those situations where it's an algorithm. That could just be a situation where there's just not enough, there's too much inventory. Yeah. Oh, completely. So, I mean, that gets into all. But just having the option to, like, teach the algorithm, like, hey, don't play this for, like, a year. Yeah. You know, serve me all the Toys R Us ads you want, but. Or just watch Chopped on Netflix. You know what's going to be really interesting is as the as the I think algorithms I've watched all of them on Netflix at that point. As the algorithms and our devices have built-in voice recognition, speech recognition, natural language processing into our TVs, so not a lot of TVs have built-in uh, voice recognition now. That that is not off the table. Like I mean, that's that's in the realm of possibilities. Like your example, you know, all of a sudden you. My remote has a little microphone button on it. It's like, hey, don't show me this ad anymore because yeah. blah, blah, blah. Or just, you know, this ad is inappropriate, whatever the case is. But the ingestion of that and the, the progression of natural language processing puts that pretty close. And I think most most advertisers welcome that. Yeah. Most advertisers welcome that level of candor and understanding. The question is... You know is, what would control that? An algorithm. Ooh, an algorithm. <laughs> That's right. The question is... Are, are you – so there's a, a, a startup I've been chatting with a little bit about um, machine learning-based based creative. One of the things we see very much in our ad creation is, hey, we, we ran this for a little bit. We want to change up the creative. We want to change up the messaging. We want to w- change up the call to action, whatever it is. And being able to ingest maybe compliance-approved or brand-approved uh, content into some sort of, and then an algorithm being able to, and machine learning being able to mix and match those with input, which would be really neat, from outside sources or from one-to-one sources. You start to get into stuff, and brands would welcome that like crazy because, you know, you're taking a lot of rigor out, and you're also, they don't want to serve you that ad. They don't want to inadvertently have put a bad taste in your mouth. Well, tell that to Lisa McPherson. Well, Lisa she might McPherson. say that that's an algorithm cobbling together ads. Based we should on cold knock Lisa McPherson. Yeah, should we tag her in this? <laughs> Hot take. Probably not after I just her. insulted her. Yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> she's really a nice person, Lisa. I'm sure she's a lovely, lovely individual. I was talking about you. Oh, thank you. I think you. Charlie Warzel. <laughs> Charlie, Charlie, who wrote the article, is probably more the uh, the culprit. Yeah, I, I mean. You know, Lisa gives a couple of sound bites for an article, and all of a sudden she's like yeah, painting the picture of how algorithms are evil and how the, the Loomiscape is out of control. And this is exactly my God, how Terminator what are we going to do? This is how Skynet started. Yeah. Except in 1993? Yeah, well, it's fiction. I'm trying to remember when Skynet went online. Nonfiction. Skynet. Science fiction. So for those those of you that are joining late, I don't even know if you can join a podcast late. I don't you think you really, can join a podcast late. No, you can't. So is... for those of you who have been <laughs> um, multitasking. Um, Who've been theme. ho-poing during this process. <laughs> anybody that's been ho-poing uh, up to this point, here here's the, the quick tally. Uh, print advertising can be effective. Not very great if you're going to do uh, a reach-based buy or awareness. Um, and algorithms are not ruining advertising. The amount of ads are ruining advertising. <laughs> <laughs> this is Minority Report, though, right? Like, True facts. They're just scanning your eyes and everything's an ad? Two ads, pretty good. 2,000 ads, maybe too much. Only our ads should be able to That's live on the point. internet. Exactly. <laughs> you should be able to, you should be able to charge ads. a premium. Only see my ads. Oh, my gosh. That's like that whole um, FCC thing. 
where you can basically pay for faster or oh net ne- net neutrality net neutrality yeah yeah, yeah. oh yeah the throttle well yeah. this is yeah. uh, it does bring up add net neutrality every time somebody says net neutrality all I can think about is that dude in government with the giant Reese's yeah mug. that's Ajit Pai. Yeah. From yeah. FCC. <laughs> I can't even think of his name. All I can think of is the fact that he's got a giant mug. And yeah, who should be drinking that much coffee? No. I Me, just evidently, as I yawned like name. a baby kitten. I will say this, though, to circle back as we finish up on a topic we've done before. I personally think we're on the precipice of a very large shift in advertising. Don't let – is it precipice? Yes. Is that my word? Yes. Damn it. I just figured out my word. Um yeah, on the, he doesn't listen to the show. On the precipice. Well, you, but it's, you precipice. can't. You're, I'm too deep in my own to recognize my own faults. It's lack of self-awareness. It's not a fault. It's just an observation. But I, I think we're getting to the point where the browsers that we use are going to have ad blockers, everything turned on to the point where you're going to have to approve the people who can advertise to you. And Let's approve Cleveland Clinic. That is, <laughs> we're uh, we're getting to a point where you're gonna the the barrier to uh, get in front of somebody is just gonna go up a lot, and consumers' expectations of what that means in order if I'm turning on ads for you, I'm giving you a much bigger window. It's like the thing with SMS. I'm not allowed to uh, text you as a brand unless you've overtly said so, because there's no barrier between you and and me at that point because your message pops right up on my screen and that's only reserved for the best and i think we're getting to that point that is a very optimistic take i like it i think going out that was the softest sneeze no i just it it reverberated back into my body (laughs) i'm maybe having a stroke right now (laughs) i was trying not to get in trouble with pauks you know you can't sneeze with your eyes open that's a it's a fact making me not be able to sneeze yeah well you're welcome for the ear candy out there this was this was a good conversation this week um i'm sure we're going to touch on parts and pieces of it as we evolve through the rest of the year and more news breaks um but for now i'd just like to thank the expert panel for a spirited conversation somebody wants to somebody wants to engage with us more where should they go? Yes. You should definitely point. check us out on Twitter at the A Game Podcast. You can also check out our agency, the Adcom Group, at the Adcom Group on all social channels. Great idea. And Where you should we? guess how many minutes Facebook time spent went down. Was that a was that a question? I don't know. Did you did you get <laughs> did, did you get circled like in your brain? Weird in my head. Yeah. <laughs> no. You got circled okay. In your brain. So you like touched on Jim. You touched on how um, time spent went down for several platforms. Everybody including Facebook. Did time spent time spent went down for Facebook? Yes. Everybody should guess how many minutes time spent Ooh. went down. Yeah. Drop us a comment. Yeah. Let us know. Tweet us. Mm-hmm. Don't LinkedIn forget to subscribe. Mm-hmm. And if you're on, on iTunes, rate and review so other agency cool cats and marketing mavens can find our podcast. All up in that Stitcher, too, if you need it. Well, I think that's all we have to say. And that's all I have to say yeah. about that. That's all I have to say about that. <laughs> it's a Friday afternoon. We're getting a little goofy. Have a great weekend, folks. Bye. Toodles.